welcome to the Writer's Rough Draft Podcast, where I climb behind the glamorous book launch world of successful writers and entrepreneurs and into the mind of folks like you who are just getting their start. Equal parts, witty writing information, and unabashed content curiosity with a healthy dose of laughter thrown in, my conversations with these pros share some of the trials, tips, and techniques that others have used help you build your writing and content and establish you as a leader in your fields. I'm your host, Alyssa Doucette, and I'm here to talk about all that and have some fun with Kate Erickson today. You can find the links, resources, and transcripts of our chat on my website at alyssadoucette.com slash episode six. Kate Erickson is the content creating and blog writing powerhouse behind the wildly successful Entrepreneur on Fire podcast at Empire, which she runs with her partner, John Dumas. With a master's degree in English and a decade-long background in marketing and advertising, her copy, email marketing, community management, and other content creation skills have propelled her business to regular six-figure returns. Thank you so much for taking time to chat with me today, Kate. Is there anything I missed? Alyssa, that was a really amazing introduction. (laughs) I'm so honored to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Now, how did you get started? Podcasting and community management isn't exactly what one would think of when they think of a writing career. So how did you get started in this whole line of thought? Well, I have Mr. John Lee Dumas to thank for that, to be completely honest. So I was working at an advertising and marketing agency, and I was actually doing project management. I wasn't a copywriter or anything like that, although I really made the copywriters mad by exercising that when I probably (laughs) shouldn't have been. (laughs) Basically, in every job I've ever had, I've tried to find ways to even if my job didn't have anything to do with writing, like I was doing everything I could to try to fit that into my job description in some way, shape or form. A great example was when I worked in human resources at a bank and I managed to take over a blog that didn't even exist. So (laughs) I'm really good at working that into my job description, even when it's not really there. And John had always known that that was a longstanding passion of mine. I've always loved writing. I've always loved becoming a better writer. I'm always looking for ways to improve that. And when he launched Entrepreneur on Fire and I was still working in advertising and marketing, you know, we kind of started talking. What if somewhere down the line there was a space for me at Entrepreneur on Fire? What if we could team up and utilize my background and experience in marketing, advertising and copywriting and have that lend to the Entrepreneur on Fire team? And luckily that time did come. So I was stoked for that to happen because it was the first time where I actually did honestly have a job that lended to my writing skills. And that's what your, as the scholars like to say, your formal schooling was was in English and writing and that sort of stuff, correct? Yes. So, and that's been a really interesting transition, as you know, from, you know, writing English papers and being very formal to trying to become an online writer. I mean, it's very, very different. And Same, same, but different. 
Yeah. And I've heard so many people, people who are really, really good at writing online, talk about how basically if you do have an English degree or a writing degree, you're probably never going to become a writer online because they're so different. But luckily, I've broken that mold. (laughs) (laughs) So when you started figuring out how content and copy and everything was going to work into the Entrepreneur on Fire model, how did you guys suss that out? How did you figure out how writing was going to become such an essential piece of an extremely popular podcast? That was definitely a very well thought out plan that we had. I wrote my own blog just personal for fun on the side when I was working in advertising and marketing. And Entrepreneur on Fire didn't have a blog in the true sense at that time. I mean, John was doing show notes for all of his podcast episodes. And we kind of started out thinking, maybe I could really take over those show notes and make them like epic show notes pages. But then, you know, we kind of talked through that and we're like, well, people really come to the podcast to listen to that audio content. And while they do visit the show notes pages, it's really just to grab links or other mentions that were in the episode. So we're like, well, maybe that wouldn't be the absolute best use of my time. So we were like, why not actually create like a true form blog for Entrepreneur on Fire where I talk about best tips, resources, and advice for entrepreneurs on struggling through their entrepreneurial journey, struggling to even take their entrepreneurial leap. Maybe they're still in corporate and they haven't actually gotten to the point where they're ready to start their own business yet. Just kind of a wide range of advice, very targeted to who we knew our audience was. So that was really the first way that we saw writing coming into the Entrepreneur on Fire brand or umbrella, I guess. And then, of course, that easily translated over to me kind of taking over our email marketing. So any campaigns that we're running and, of course, our weekly newsletter that we send out to Fire Nation. So that kind of lended very nicely to the areas that John was handling on his own because he had to because he was the only one, you know, running running the show at Entrepreneur on Fire. But when I came on board, it was really great to be able to transfer very important things for the business, very important communications with our audience to somebody who not only loved doing it, but kind of had some experience in that area, which was me. So do you remember what your routine was like when you were first getting started with really working this entire content piece in? Because you do so much more than the content creation. You're also doing the strategy and the brainstorming. What does a day in the life of someone who does that look like? Well, we really wanted to focus in on each part before we looked at it as a whole. So when I came on board, John and I did a lot of strategy around what we could do to improve our email newsletter. That was kind of the first thing that we looked at. And we kind of talked about ways that we could improve what we were already doing. And at that time, John was doing a lot of roundup newsletters. So he was basically going and curating content that he knew our audience would find valuable and putting that together in an email newsletter and sending that out once a week. So we thought, how can we tailor this content a little bit more? How can we improve it? And so we did a ton of testing. It was really, it was strategy in the respect that we were talking about what we thought was going to be best. But John and I are both huge fans of letting our audience decide. I mean, we're providing the content for them. We're creating it for them. So why not let them help us decide what it should be? So we did a ton of testing in that area. And of course, as you know, testing that type of stuff takes a long time because, you know, you might get some feedback in the beginning, but 
but until you do it over a long period of time and really look at, you know, we were looking at open rates, we were looking at engagement with the newsletters, how many people would actually reply back to us or actually click on a link that we included in the newsletter. I mean, that's always been an ongoing process for us. We're always looking for ways to improve that. So that was kind of the strategy on the email newsletter front. Then in terms of the blog, that was actually a really interesting process because I started out thinking that I was talking to the exact same people who are listening to the podcast. And I went very wrong in making that <laughs> assumption. <laughs> We've all been there. We've all been there. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a great lesson for me to learn that I knew Fire Nation, our audience who listens to the podcast very well, but I didn't know Fire Nation very well in terms of who was on our website reading our blog posts. So it was a huge learning curve. I wrote probably... 30, 40 posts that were not that great. You know, I'll be the first to admit that. Every online business person can say that. Go back to my number one fill in the blank, my number one blog post, my number one podcast, my number one video. They're obviously not as good as what you're doing now because it was your first one. You have to do it and practice it to become better at it. So of course you're gonna have kind of that learning curve in there. But for me, it was really just about putting it out there and then listening to feedback. Well, I did sort of have a strategy with the types of things I was going to talk about over time. So I kind of put together like a content calendar, if you will. It was really more about just putting as much content out there as I could so that I could get feedback that much faster. With figuring out the perfect customer, the perfect audience member, because as we both laughed and joked, everyone has been there and gone down that road. What were some of the kind of warning signs or triggers, red flags that told you that you were writing for the incorrect audience? Well, first and foremost, nobody was reading them. <laughs> <laughs> good sign, good sign. Bad so, sign, like, good sign. Yeah, right. We were not getting a ton of traffic to the blog, and I was kind of wishfully thinking that maybe it was just because it was so young and a lot of people maybe didn't know about it yet, that maybe that was why. But I found from going out and actually a huge thing for me was joining masterminds and online communities where I could ask people who were in the same position as me, like-minded people, other people who were writing blogs, kind of reach out to them and ask them for advice. Like, what did you do when you were first starting? And I learned a ton of really great lessons and pieces of advice from them one of which was you just need to keep putting out content so that you can start hearing from people what they like and what they don't like. And I found that in doing that, in putting out different types of content, there were posts that were very obviously well received because I would get a ton of comments on them. People would actually share them, which a lot of my posts didn't get shared. And again, I could tell which posts people weren't reading from looking at Google Analytics and the like. It was really the types of posts where I was kind of putting some personal element into it. I wasn't necessarily laying out a lesson for somebody to learn and just putting in bullet points of what somebody should do to get from point A to point B. It was really those posts where I kind of told a story where I inserted my own personal experiences or the experiences of an actual person as examples to kind of lead somebody and give them advice on how to accomplish something, on how to get better at something. 
that were very, very well received. So as soon as I was able to start getting that feedback from putting out different types of content and then really listening and watching to what people were responding to, that's when I really kind of felt like I hit my flow on the blog and with my writing in general for Entrepreneur on Fire. That is pretty much, I think, what everyone's greatest fear is in getting started with this online writing is that you are going to start putting your words and yourself and everything out in the open and having it either be badly received or sometimes even worse, that kind of deafening thump of no return back. How did you get over that hump to be able to get past some of the feelings of like rejection or judgment that I'm guessing you had because most people are in our position do? It's so, so true. And to be 110% honest with you, I still feel that. I don't know. Do you think it ever goes away? I, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wish but, uh, I, I wish I could say like, oh, no, I'm way past that. Like, I'm doing great. Every time I push publish, I'm super confident. But I don't know. I don't know that it ever goes away. I mean, I certainly think that it gets easier. And I certainly think that the more feedback you get and the better you are at talking to your audience, once you've identified them and you know who they are, I definitely believe that you become more confident in what you're providing them. But I still am scared to put myself out there. I'm still scared to tell some of the stories that I tell because there's always that fear that people are going to read it and be like, why should I care about this? Why does Kate think that her experiences are going to teach me a lesson? But the more you get that positive feedback, the more times you push publish and receive that feedback even from one person that says, Kate, I could not have asked for a better post to read this morning when I woke up. Thank you so much. This is exactly what I needed to hear. I'm so glad that you shared your experience and your failure because it makes me feel like I'm on the right path and that I can do this. And every time I hear something like that, I'm like, you know what? It's kind of selfish that I'm scared about this right now. It's kind of selfish that I don't want to hit publish because I'm afraid of what people are going to think about my writing. And that's not why I'm doing it. I'm doing it so that I can help people, so that I can make an impact, so that I can inspire somebody else to maybe do what I'm doing who might be too scared to do what I'm doing. And that's really what it's about. So that's kind of how I've tried to overcome that fear is to really take myself out of the equation because it's not about me, it's about my reader. That's a very, very noble. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great way to think about it, I think, because it, the problem that probably most of us have in that situation is that we take it personally. So to remove ourselves personally from it is a kind of interesting strategy. Exactly. I'm not saying that that makes it easy, but it's a way to look at it. Right. <laughs> So what does your day look like now or what does the routine look like now that you've kind of done a lot of the strategy, done a lot of the foundation and background, figured out really who you're talking to in all of your different customer segments? How do you integrate your writing into your business? I've been trying to get a lot better about my scheduling because I found that when I don't schedule specific time to do something like write a blog post, it's very easy to not do it. And 
I love writing. So why would I not be scheduling the time to focus on that? I've really tried to assign specific days to the different tasks that I'm responsible for at Entrepreneur on Fire. And that goes far beyond just creating content. I mean, I'm also responsible for our CRM. We use Infusionsoft and that is a huge beast. (laughs) And I launched my own podcast recently. And so that's a whole other, you know, responsibility and time consuming task that I need to pay attention to. I'm also responsible for managing a couple of VAs that we have working with us. I've really tried to schedule my days in terms of tasks. And so I'll have like one day where all I do is focus on writing. And that might be writing for the blog that might be working on like a book or something that I'm writing that might be working on scheduling out content for email newsletters. And so I really try to focus entire days on that type of stuff. Because then even if I do get stuck in the middle, I don't feel that pressure to where I'm like, Oh my gosh, I only have 30 more minutes to finish this. I have to just get it done and get it out and package it and push send when I have an entire day to really think about it and spend time on it. I don't feel that way. But a lot of people work well under pressure. So, you know, that works for me. I also try to schedule a specific time very first thing in the morning to write. And I don't let myself sit at the computer and say, "Eh, I'm not really feeling that inspired right now. Maybe I'll come back to this. Like, no, I'm going to sit down. And even if I'm not inspired, and even if I don't know what I'm going to write about, I'm going to start writing about something. And That's sometimes when my best work comes is when I have absolutely nothing to write about. I have no clue what my topic is going to be. And I just start writing stuff. And it might take me four hours. But at the end of that four hours, I just created a really awesome newsletter. That's so true. And especially, you know, in a business like yours, where you and John have really created a audience that's hungry for whatever content you guys can create. Do you find that sometimes you have to put the writing aside because business demands get in the way? You you are one of the two people running the show. So (laughs) guessing sometimes like when you're the person the buck stops with, that happens. Absolutely. It has been a struggle. And it's all part of running a business. I mean, I am not resentful of that at all because I love everything that I do for Entrepreneur on Fire, regardless of if I'm working on customer service needs, community needs, podcast needs, whatever the case may be. I'm just happy to be contributing to an incredible business. I think John and I both feel that way. And I think that's why we're so good at supporting one another and helping one another out is that we don't ever look at something and say like, ugh, that's not my task. I don't want to do that. (laughs) We don't do that. We treat our business the way that I believe a business should be treated. We're very lucky to have three incredibly savvy and awesome virtual assistants who are a part of our team. And if there's ever stuff that we feel that we can delegate, we absolutely do. But, you know, I would say in a lot of ways, the fact that I have these other responsibilities has actually really helped my writing. And I say that because when I first came on board, I started the blog as a daily blog. I thought that I needed to be just as crazy as John and do daily (laughs) posts just the same way that he was doing a daily podcast. And I found that my content was suffering. I was suffering. I didn't feel like I was becoming a better writer because I was so focused on just getting something out because I had to versus really spending the time to create something awesome. 
when I realized that and I pulled back and started publishing only twice a week instead of every single day, the content quality skyrocketed and I had so much more time to focus on the other things I knew I needed to do. So in a lot of respects, I think it's great that I have a lot of varied tasks and not just writing because it helps me really put 110% in when I am working on Speaking of quality content and getting some good stuff out for people, uh, we have a fun little game that I like to play with folks here. It's super easy, so we're going to just change gears a little. Over the next two minutes, I'm going to ask you a series of either-or questions, and I want you to answer with the first thing that pops into your mind. We'll try to get through as many as we can and get a little sneak peek into the secret thoughts of a writer's mind. Are you feeling ready? Yes, this is exciting. All right. We will get the stopwatch ready and let's go. Pen or pencil? Pen. Mac or PC? Mac. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Night or morning? Morning. Good writing or correct writing? Good writing. Noise or silence? Noise. Lefty or righty? Righty. Weird or typical? Weird. School or no school? School. Outside or inside? Outside. Clean or messy? Clean. Teacher or student? Teacher. Town or city? City. Trains or planes? Planes. Skiing or surfing? Skiing. Fantasy or reality? Fantasy. Love or money? Love. Introverts or extroverts? Extroverts. Good content or good marketing? Good content. Smile or game face? Smile. <laughs> Call or text? Call. Money or fame? Money. Be older than you are right now or younger than you are right now? Younger. <laughs> think before you talk or talk before you think? Think before you talk. Have a dragon or be a dragon? Be a dragon. Best-selling book or a million-dollar business? Million-dollar business. What is one site you are loving right now? Oh, my gosh. SmartPassiveIncome.com. <laughs> and one podcast you're loving right now? School of Greatness with Lewis Howes. A book that you're loving right now? Whoa. Choose Yourself, James L. Toucher. And a business that you're loving right now. Is it okay to say my own? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I am loving Entrepreneur on Fire right now. Oh my God. And you are the first person ever to get that in all the questions exactly at the two minute mark. So Yay! congratulations. I was like, wow, this is a long two minutes, but I love every second of it. <laughs> it's fun. We like to get people, as I said, inside the writer's mind in a way that you probably wouldn't get otherwise. That's really awesome. I love that. It's fun to even hear yourself what you come up with because half the time I promise I didn't know what I was saying. <laughs> you like hear the question and in that moment you're like, uh, oh, I didn't know. I guess I do use pens more. <laughs> right. That's really cool. I love that. Great. Well, thank you again for taking time to join me today. Where can people find your writing and your business stuff? 
they can just head over to eofire.com slash blog and there you will have all my content. That sounds great. And do you have any parting thoughts, any words of wisdom for folks looking to build up their content creation? Just write. Don't be afraid to just start writing and don't let yourself give yourself excuses like I don't have anything to write about because you will never, ever become a better writer if you tell yourself that. That would be my parting piece of advice. Fantastic. Thank you again for taking time. Thank you so much. It was so much fun, Alyssa. All right. Take care. You can find this episode's notes and resources at alyssadusette.com slash episode six and the writer's rough draft full archive at alyssadusette.com slash podcast. If you want to talk more writing with me or just say hi, you can always catch me on Twitter at Alyssa Doucette. This show is produced and published by my outstanding content management team over at writingbusinesswell.com. Thank you for listening on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or right off the site. You love listening to writers talking about their writing path as much as I love talking to them about it, then please leave us a quick five-star review. Reviews and sharing your favorite episodes help me get the word out and help get more people on the show. So thank you for doing that. And thank you for listening to me geek out today about writing with Cake Erickson. So I'm in your earbuds next Tuesday. Go create your own compelling content and make some words sexy. Um, it just happened again. We broke up. Oh, bummer. Okay. I, I think actually it'll be fine. Uh, Marie, can you just catch the end of that and just cut it at a point where Kate sounds brilliant? <laughs>